It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, no! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn and Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to go inside the numbers with our stats specialist, Haley English, who, of course, writes for us over at playlikeajet.com. Haley, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing just fine, considering that the Jets are playing what we weren't expecting to be a meaningful game this Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. I know that we all had a very Merry Christmas as Jets fans after what happened (laughs) in that Miami Dolphins game. It was weird, Haley, because the Jets needed so many things to happen. They needed the Patriots to lose. They needed the Dolphins to lose. They needed the Raiders to lose to clear a path for them. We'll get into this later, but now it's just a matter of the Patriots losing one of their last two and the Jets winning their next two. After what happened Thursday against the Jaguars, it didn't seem like it was going to be anywhere near that level of simple as far as what the path would be. Yeah, definitely. Like I was very disappointed Thursday. I think every Jets fan was, and I was almost thankful. I was like, hey, like NFL, thank you for putting the Jets on Thursday so they can't ruin my Christmas Eve and Christmas. And <laughs> here, here we are with like a Miami loss, a New England loss, and a Raiders loss all on Christmas Eve and Christmas. So I'd say it was a pretty successful uh, Christmas weekend for Jets fans after a horrible loss on Thursday. So Haley, let's get into the stats from Thursday's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not exactly a happy picture. Zach Wilson and Chris Strebler both played. Strebler gave the Jets a jolt, but it was less in the passing game and more with his ability to move the offense with the threat of his legs. That pass to C.J. Ozama downfield was terrible. And for as much as Jets fans at that point were happy to see Zach Wilson out and the team moving the ball... If that ball was thrown even close to on target, that's an easy touchdown for C.J. Ozama. So we'll get into the receivers and the running backs in a bit. But first, some really bad quarterback play on Thursday between Chris Strebler and Zach Wilson. Yeah, definitely. Zach Wilson, 9 of 18, 50% completion rate, only 92 yards and no touchdowns and had one interception that was just on a Hail Mary to end the half. But Honestly, it was probably good to put on a stat sheet because he had a couple turnover-worthy plays that really should have been intercepted before that couple in the third quarter. So I'm almost glad he got one on a stat sheet because it really shows kind of how bad he played. He was consistently overthrowing receivers, throwing like footballs in the dirt. So he did not have a good game again. And I, with Mike White coming back finally and thankfully um, this week against the Seahawks, I really don't see any way that Zach Wilson takes another step takes another snap as a Jets quarterback especially because he's inactive this week Haley I had said before the Jets played the Lions that the Jets were making a mistake by going with Zach Wilson because 
maybe there was something to salvage there. Maybe Zach Wilson could still be something, but what was ailing him wasn't going to be fixed in three weeks. And if you threw him out there without fixing the flaws, he was going to potentially melt down and lose all his confidence and make things far worse for the long term. Unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. With Flacco, the way I looked at it was, yeah, he doesn't give you much of a chance to win, but neither does Wilson. And in the case of Flacco, who cares if you hurt his confidence because this is pretty much the end for him. You got no investment to protect. Thankfully, the Jets appear to be smart enough to know that going forward, Zach Wilson can't be an option the rest of the year if they want any chance of being able to rebuild him in the offseason. So as you said, the Jets march forward. It's Mike White and now Joe Flacco behind him. We'll see if Chris Strebler gets in there because as bad as he is as a pure quarterback, I like the idea of using him as a Taysom Hill type. He had some nice plays in the game against Jacksonville on Thursday. Most of them involved very short passes and using his legs to run. If you mix that in with Mike White, I think it helps Mike White in two ways. Number one, if the running game doesn't get going right away, it gives the threat of Chris Strebler to get that going, and it also takes some of the heat off Mike White in terms of all the dropbacks. Remember, he is still nursing those ribs, so this way he's not out there for as many snaps. If you throw in Strebler for a couple of plays, it means that there's less of a chance that Mike White takes hits on those plays. So I think it's a good idea to maybe work Chris Strebler in, and it's definitely a good idea to make sure that Zach Wilson doesn't play again this year. Yeah, definitely. Chris Strebler, like as much as a like a big noodle arm that he has, he can't make those throws downfield. Um, he does have that rushing ability, and I'd like to see him active this week. Um, he was the leading rusher with only 54 rushing yards against the uh, Jaguars, and he was a he was a leading rusher by 47 yards. So we can get into the running game in a little bit, but I like what he can do with his legs. He's almost just like a free train running through the defense and he could really get that running game jump started if it starts out slow like it has the past two weeks play like a jet play like a jet Haley the running game has really struggled the last two weeks which is a big reason why I think Chris Strebler makes sense to keep active because like I said if the running game doesn't get going right away you throw him in there for some plays and maybe it loosens things up the Jaguars clearly weren't ready for the threat of Chris Strebler on Thursday perhaps the Seahawks won't be fully ready for him on Sunday but the running game in totality could definitely use something to jolt them because, as I said, it has been rough. And on Thursday, they did absolutely nothing. The leading rusher besides Strebler was Ty Johnson, who had two carries for seven yards. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Like The Jets used primarily three running backs in the game. Um, they didn't really have many offensive snaps, though, because they couldn't move the ball. So Zonovan Knight only had the most amount of rushing snaps besides Strebler with six, but he had... Uh, he, where he only accumulated negative two yards in the process, which is absolutely insane. And then he, uh, Ty Johnson and Michael Carter both had two carries each um, for seven and six yards. So really bad performance by the running game. And I take it back to last week against the Lions, where the Jets only had, what, like 40, 50-ish rushing yards against the Lions. I think it might have been even less. And the Panthers just ran for, I want to say, over 300 rushing yards against them this week. So the running game has been absolutely nothing. Um, the offensive line is not blocking. So last week against the Lions, the Dutch running backs had zero yards before contact. And this week they had two yards before contact. So 
it's a little bit of progress, but you want to see a lot more than that. Like you can't expect these running backs to do it all themselves. The offensive line has to help. And Trayvon Walker was even out in this game. So there's no reason that the offensive line should have been this bad. I don't know if it's an effect on team morale that, uh, that the, that the offensive line and the running backs just aren't playing well. I don't know if it's a, because like Zach's in the game. So maybe there'll be a little resurgence with like, they'll, maybe there'll be a little resurgence with Mike White, maybe. There were open receivers in this game, Haley. It's just that when the quarterbacks are playing as poorly as the Jets quarterbacks were, it doesn't do you much good because you can have open receivers, but if the quarterbacks can't get them the ball, it doesn't matter. We talked about C.J. Ozama before. The leading receiver in this game, and I mentioned this on the postgame show with Andy Vasquez, was Michael Carter with five catches for 44 yards. It didn't seem like anybody did even that well in this game. When I thought about it going back, Michael Carter getting 44 yards just didn't register in my head. Garrett Wilson, poor guy, four catches for 30 yards. He came this close to getting over 1,000 for the season. I'm sure he'll break it over the next two weeks. And I would continue to ride Garrett Wilson at prizepicks.com and on the prizepicks app. When you use the promo code PLAJ, by the way, when you go over there, they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. And the way it works is you play in their daily fantasy matchup. You play against their prize picks player projections. You pick two to six players, one of whom I always pick is Garrett Wilson. And if those two to six players beat their prize picks player projections, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money you put in. You don't play against anybody else just against the prize picks player projections, but you don't have to do football. It could be baseball, basketball, hockey, anything you want. It's there at prizepicks.com and the prize picks app. When you sign up, use the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Just go to prizepicks.com and the prize picks app. Use the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Haley, like I said, not much going on in this game. 90 yards apiece from Strebler and Zach Wilson. So how much was there to spread around here? But Garrett Wilson, even with a step backwards statistically, continues to be the leader in the clubhouse for Offensive Rookie of the Year, an award that he should win if he's able to beat his prize picks player projections, like I said before, over the next two weeks because he's generally projected right in that 50 to 55 yard range. If he does that two weeks in a row, that'll get him to 1,100 yards and you would think that would be enough to win him the Offensive Rookie of the Year. When we preview the Seahawks, we'll talk a little more about this, but the Seahawks have one of the worst coverage defenses. I expect Mike White to have an absolutely amazing game and Garrett Wilson included to absolutely tear apart this weak Seahawks um, secondary and linebacker group. So, yeah, from what we saw on Thursday against the Jaguars, I don't think I can guarantee you that you're not going to see Michael Carter being the leading receiver on this uh, team this week. So, um, yeah, but I think Garrett Wilson still, yeah, or I still think Garrett Wilson easily will be rookie of the year. Um, I want to say the only person that can almost challenge him may be Brock Purdy, but he Purdy hasn't played most of the season. So even though he could lead the 49ers to maybe even the Super Bowl um, with the way that offense is set up with Kyle Shanahan basically making any quarterback be able to play in that offensive scheme. But I think Garrett Wilson easily should do amazing in these last two games against Seattle and Miami, both with weaker coverage defenses. 
Uh, so Garrett Wilson should have uh, two nice games. Haley, it's hard to overstate just how bad the offense was as a whole on Thursday night against the Jaguars. They were two for 13 on third down, one for five on fourth down. You're not winning anything with those kind of numbers, and the penalties just would not stop all night. It was a complete and total disaster. Yeah, it went back to the offensive line. Like, I... I tried to put as much of this game out of my head as possible because I was just so angry at the end of it. But like the false starts, like that's one of the things that stuck out to me. There were so many of them. I don't remember exactly how many, but I was like, come on. Like it, go- it goes back to this offensive line. And I want to say a tight ends had a couple of them, but like you're not playing with like heart at that point. You're getting confused. I don't know if they're getting confused by Zach's calls or anything, but yeah, it was overall just a messy game and hopefully they can clean all that up. Um, for the game against the Seahawks because like the defense again they kept them alive but the offense just couldn't capitalize it's funny Haley because if you take a look at the defensive performance the Jaguars moved the ball up and down the field at will but at the end of the day they only had 19 points so even though the defense got run over in a sense by Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars offense they were able to do bend but don't break fairly effectively because if a team only scores 19 points, you're leaving that in the hands of the offense. Like we said before, if Strebler hits C.J. Ozama there, either in stride or even just above the waist so Ozama can grab it and run with it instead of having to collapse to the ground to catch it, that's probably a touchdown and the Jets are only down by one score with an entire quarter to go. So even though the defense wasn't all that good in this game, and I said that this was probably the weakest all-around performance by this team this season, they still did enough to give the offense an opportunity, if they had been even reasonably competent, to score enough points to win this. Kind of reminded me almost of the Broncos this year, who have just struggled to move the ball. And I think it's if they scored more than like 17 or 19 points, in every game this season, they'd be, I think, like undefeated with the exception of the of like maybe two games. So it, it really felt like them, like a really great defense, but you just can't get anything going on offense. So like they did really well uh, containing Trevor Lawrence. Like he's been on a roll in the past couple of games. And they, they did hold him to 229 passing yards, which is far below than what he's been for what he's been performing earlier. So, and the Jets offense has not allowed a 300 plus yard passer all season, which is a really awesome stat. And they face some of the best passing offenses um, so far. But yeah, to me, like the only exciting play of the game was that first Jaguars drive where Quinn Williams had that strip sack um, because like Trevor Lawrence, he does have a a fumbling problem if you're going to knock him on anything. But yeah, Quinn's up to 12 sacks this year. um, I think maybe should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Haley, as we take a look to the Seahawks game on Sunday, this is an interesting matchup. Now, you've heard a lot about Tariq Woolen versus Sauce Gardner for Rookie of the Year. At last check, he was in the top 13 in the NFL in penalties, which is not good at all. Certainly, Sauce Gardner not getting burned like Tariq Woolen and not getting penalized like Tariq Woolen. So on paper, the secondary is young and experienced, and they've had trouble this year. You would think the Jets' offense, especially with Garrett Wilson, who's played so well, and some of the other mismatches they can create with players like Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, should be a great advantage for the Jets in this game. And then on the offensive side of the ball for the Seahawks, Haley, Geno Smith started out 
like an MVP candidate. There's a reason he went to the Pro Bowl. Now, he's had a really good year in totality. He's still probably going to get paid, and he's certainly a much, much better quarterback than he was in the past. But he was playing among the top five or six quarterbacks in the league at the beginning of the year. He's fallen off a little bit since. Yeah, definitely. And going back to uh, Tariq Woolen and the Seahawks coverage unit, back when I was at um, PFF, I'd evaluate each week uh, the percent of the time that each defensive back and linebacker in coverage um, would cover receivers. And yeah, Tariq Willen has all those interceptions and those like stunning plays you'll see on highlights, but he left receivers open uh, far more or far more often than the league average for cornerbacks. And their other rookie cornerback, uh, Kobe Bryant, has been even worse than uh, Willen in terms of covering receivers. So yeah, they kind of are like Trayvon Diggs. Like they'll make the big plays, look at the interceptions, but Overall, they're not going to have necessarily a good game. And against Mike White, who's just going to sling the ball, and Garrett Wilson and the Jets' offensive weapons, I think they'll have um, uh, not necessarily their best day, uh, especially because the Seahawks coverage unit only creates perfectly covered plays 25% of the time, which is the second worst in the NFL. And that's below the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears, like three off or three defensive coverage units that um, the Jets like should have torn up. Uh, I mean, they... Or right, and that's behind the Lions, Vikings, and Bears. Although, like the Jets did not tear apart the Lions' defensive coverage unit, they tore apart the Vikings and the Bears with Mike White. So I see Mike White having a great game against this um, weaker Seattle Seahawks defensive coverage unit. As far as the playoff scenario, Haley, it's crazy because the Chargers are now in, so that's a done deal, and the Ravens and Bengals are going to get in. So that means there's two playoff spots left up for grabs. And so that means as far as the wild cards go, there's three playoff spots up for grabs because the Titans and the Jaguars are going to battle for the AFC South. And so somebody will come away with that. But as far as the wild card goes, it'll either be. But as far as the wild card goes, it's going to be two teams that will make it out of these three. The Jets, the Patriots and the Dolphins. And it could come down to all of the AFC East teams helping and hurting each other. It's a wild scenario as we head down the home stretch. Definitely. And I was jumping for joy when the Packers uh, beat the Dolphins this past yesterday. Um, So, yeah, this game uh, between Miami and New England this upcoming week is going to be a big one. Um, New England goes back to back with Miami and Buffalo and I'd say, I mean, I don't know how healthy Tua is or how much of a difference he could make, um, even if he has like a concussion and playing through it. Um, so, but I think as long as Buffalo has something to play for, that in Week 18, New England is going to have a tough time, and I see their road to the playoffs being um, much harder than the Jets and the Dolphins. But as long as the Jets can get uh, the job done in Seattle, I think they may have the momentum. And as long as Mike White is playing like he has played this season and last season so far, I think that they could have the momentum going into the playoffs and potentially make a run. Game is going to be um, a really big one coming up. And uh, hopefully the Bills have something to play for in week 18. And if they don't on a, whatever occasion that the Chiefs, uh, or if they don't in the case that the Chiefs do lose to Denver, which would be one of the most improbable losses of the season, then I would like to hope that the Bills could screw over the Patriots and get the Jets into the playoffs um, just with the history between all the teams and everything. So hopefully the Bills will give the Jets a chance if that comes to case, but hopefully that never even is an option. 
Ultimately, though, Haley, regardless of what happens with the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets have to win their last two games to have a chance anyway. So if they lose to the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday, nothing else is going to end up mattering. They've got to get the job done against the Seahawks, and they've got to get the job done against the Dolphins. And then, of course, they have to hope for help. But they must win these last two games. And as you said, on paper, they've got every reason to believe they've got a strong chance against the Seattle Seahawks. Now we just have to see if they can go ahead, execute, and come out of Seattle with a win on New Year's Day. Haley English, our stats specialist over at playlikeajet.com. Thanks so much for coming on and talking through the stats with me. Really appreciate it. You've got some cool stuff up right now at playlikeajet.com. We finally started to get your stats up in written form on the website so now people can check out your write-ups. Talk about what you're going to be doing stats-wise the last couple of weeks of the season and what you've already got up there at playlikeajet.com. Yeah, definitely. So, so far I have a week 14 Jets at Bill's analysis uh, inside the numbers. And then uh, soon I'll be posting the Jets versus Lions and Jets versus Jaguars um, analysis and then just like a Seattle Seahawks preview in there because that's going to be an interesting matchup. Indeed it will. So make sure you check out everything Haley is going to have up over at playlikeajet.com and everything she already has up at playlikeajet.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Some great All-22 reviews up there right now. Subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.